I think that's one thing like I wouldn't do differently uh, if I would do it again, like focus on long-term growth channels or focus on like evergreen content or focus on like things which are going to grow over time. That's something I, w I wouldn't do differently, like definitely focus on the long-term and not just the, the quick wins. I'm John Wright, and you're listening to Affiliate BI, the business intelligence and affiliate marketing podcast brought to you by Statstream. Welcome to the Affiliate BI podcast. I got a special guest here, someone I've been chatting with for quite some time. He is the host of Grow Your B2B SaaS Company, which I'm an active listener. I wait for this, uh, his episodes to come out every week. And he's also the founder of Redditus, which is the software we're looking at integrating into our SaaS. So it's the full irony. Uh, Yoran, I'm going to pass it back to you to tell us a bit more about what you do. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do a lot, as, as you mentioned. Uh, currently, I'm the, uh, or I'm the founder of Redditus, uh, basically an affiliate management platform purely focused on B2B SaaS companies. Um, so our goal is to help B2B SaaS companies grow their revenue via affiliate marketing. And how did you get into the space? Like, what is your story of uh, f uh, founding this company and getting into like not just SaaS, but something very specific that is a really interesting uh, un unserved niche. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm um, trying to make a, a long story really short. Um, so I used to work at a at a SaaS which was called Leadfeeder, uh, called Dealfront. Right now, I got into that uh, as a salesperson. So I did around like five to ten demos a day. Then I became a customer success manager. Same story, but then with existing clients. Uh, and they all ask me, this is a great tool. Which tool should I use more? If you do that amount of demos, at one point you get sick of that question. Um, so I decided to build a website, which was called, uh, which is still called sales-marketing.co. Um, and the idea was there that I'm going to list the best sales and marketing tools on that site and then um, grow basically the, the, the organic traffic of it. Um, I got it to 25,000 organic visitors per month at one point. So my idea was I'm going to lay on the beach somewhere and make money out of that website uh, by going into affiliate marketing. So I joined all these different programs from all the tools I had on the site. Um, and that was a moment I ran into a lot of issues. So um, for the, a lot of programs which I joined, I had to log in separately through their portal. So I had to figure out, okay, well, I need to sign up first, need to get approved. I need to get the link and then have to uh, keep looking into, am I actually making money or not? And then there's some bigger competitors now of, of Redditors where I had 15,000 clicks in a year and I did not make one sale. So on one hand, logging into different portals. On the other hand, where I had a tool which did exactly what I wanted, but then uh, the tracking didn't work. So got so frustrated uh, that I decided to build my own tool, basically. And, and skip the beach life while we're at it. Yeah, like I'm still working uh, way too much, so I'm not laying on a beach somewhere and, and making money uh, like that. Awesome. Well, from the SaaS affiliates joining your network, uh, what have you learned from them about this unique vertical of SaaS affiliation? Obviously, doing this yourself as a SaaS affiliate and also like B2B marketing and B2B affiliation. Yeah, I think uh, affiliate marketing within B2B is still pretty unfamiliar. Like uh, people don't really know about it as much as, as, as they know from B2C. I think the, um, the way they look at it, because they hear a lot of things from the B2C side and then often like the negative overrules, I guess, the positive sometimes where they hear oh, there's a lot of fraud things going on. 
So I think they're unfamiliar, uh, unfamiliar uh, with it. Plus, uh, they think like it wouldn't bring them what they are looking for. But in the end, when you actually explain them like how it works and purely because we do it on CPA and, and uh, CPS, so cost per sale, cost per action, they don't give anything away until they actually receive the money themselves. And then they think like, hey, this could actually work. Then you see their mind shift uh, twist, but then they think it's a, a magic bullet which it isn't either because it still takes time and effort to build it up. So I guess from going from unfamiliar to thinking like, okay, this is a magic bullet. And then of course, uh, making the next step to actually put the effort in. Like, I think that's a bit the flow uh, our clients go through. Yeah. It's just the irony that both of what we have to do is market our own SaaS companies. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of similarities you see about what affiliates actually have to do and all the different things that can can kind of like you just copy ideas and copy uh, lessons learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, it, it takes time, right? Like I always compare it with SEO. Um, like it takes time to to build up things, take time to get affiliates, take time to get those affiliates to really start recommending you. But once you have it, the compounding effect takes into place. And then from there, you can actually uh, grow it to the, to the place you want it to be. And as a data company that helps affiliate programs deploy tracking tools, what are some of the features that your partner programs and your actual users in the network, the affiliates, they're wanting to see beyond just getting their basic stats and click and sales count and commissions? Yeah, yeah I think like, um, I mean, what we currently offer is, for example, like multi-level tiers. So people want to get rewarded if they, if they do well. Um, I think like, for example, SaaS companies, of course, want to see, is there any fraud going on with, uh, the affiliates taking into referrals, but I think like what we're co uh, going to work towards. So, um, is basically showing affiliates, but showing SaaS companies, what is doing well in the affiliate case, like which programs are converting well, um, cause we have a lot of data, right? We know exactly how many clicks uh, go to the. To the site, then how many actually converted to a sign up, and how many signups actually converted into a pay? Like it's simple conversion rate metrics, but uh, at the moment we don't show them towards affiliates, for example. So they don't know. Um, they can only see the uh, commission percentage, and then we now show them the average revenue per account. But what if we show them also the conversion rates, and then from there they can decide: is this a program good for me to join or not? Um, so that's something like the more sophisticated affiliates want to see because um, they want to know what is converting. C could I uh, spend money and time and effort into it? And is it actually going to deliver me money at the end? Um, on the other hand, SaaS companies, of course, want to see what well, is this person who it is uh, they say they are and do they have the reach they say they, they have. So like one point we're going to work towards as well is have them connect like uh, things like Google Analytics, for example, to show the reach. But where is the reach? Is it, um, how do you say, like um, connecting with the ICP we have? So we're trying to uh, grow in regions, Europe, North America. Do they have traffic there? And 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 basically go from there. And of course, historical data regarding affiliates, like are they doing well for other programs? Uh, what are their conversion rates? So are they selling in the matter we actually want them to sell? So I think... Providing both of them these kind of metrics is just going to help uh, to decide uh, do we want to, to to join or not and accept this affiliate or not. That's a good insight where it's a mixture of fraud on one hand, where, you know, obviously the affiliate programs want to know who they're dealing with and to make sure that 
you're not agreeing to a deal based on what they said they had for traffic and then going full circle to having just better matching where it's uh yeah, you can do the matchmaking and have the affiliate join the program, but if it's not really good fit, it's all about everything from, well, matching products to matching different geos. And, you know, maybe you might have like a Spanish affiliate focusing on SaaS tools and, you know, a Spanish focused uh, SaaS platform. So it makes sense to, to also do that matchmaking. Exactly. Yeah. Cause we have some, some clients who purely, for example, focus on Germany or have like uh, content still in Dutch. So it doesn't make any sense to get an affiliate in from, from North America, which that was pretty easy to tackle, but when you actually buy textual information and then you can, you can check that, but if you actually use the data, it's, it's a lot easier. You can automate it and then, uh, it's just going to be smoother for, for everybody. What are some of the data stories of things you've learned over the past two years in launching and growing Redditus? There's a lot of data. I think that's the first thing we learned. Like as soon as, I mean, we got, um, more, more and more clients in, like there's a lot of data, which we capture. So we had to upgrade our database quite a bit. Like we're actually thinking of like completely separating it from, uh, the things we do within, within the app, just because like it keeps on growing, right? The more, um, SaaS companies we get, the more affiliates we get and the more clicks they generate. And then from there, they're, they're called like referral events. And then it, it goes into that. So especially towards this podcast, like there's a lot of data we can leverage to actually um, show the, the, the metrics basically and, and show what is converting or not. Um, yeah, what else did we learn? I think, um, yeah, it grows exponentially, like definitely put limitations into place. Like one mistake we made is we sometimes allowed people to enter uh, textual uh, feels like freely or like which country are you from or like super simple things, which I mean, it's, we think about this common, common mistake or like a super stupid mistake. And we're now putting everything into place. Like we're limiting everything. So, um, the reason why we're doing it so we can leverage the data later on, it's going to be unified, etc. So I think that's one. And then, um, the third one, which like is our huge potential is there's a lot of room to start using AI, uh, or machine learning, I guess, um, to figure out, can we match affiliates with SaaS companies, uh, automatically. So again, because we have a lot of data, um, and I do think we need to, to maybe get six months more of data to really figure out like what is working, what, what isn't, and then start leveraging it to, to help clients to get value basically. That's a great insight where I, I didn't create any AI questions uh, for this interview, but uh, it's always nice to, to see it when it pops up because I mean, AI is uh, the hottest thing now and it's not going away, but I think you're right. I think uh, the ways in which you can apply AI for what you do, for what we do and for what affiliates do is almost never, never ending. It's limitless. Yeah. Yeah. And. Like I'm real practical as in, I'm not going to say we're using AI just because then we can say we use AI. I want to actually use it in, in a logical way where it drives value towards like, uh, our users. So, um, that's why we, we're not, we don't have any features uh, so far, which are going to leverage it because it needs to provide value. Like, uh, we're not just going to have it added for the sake of adding it. You mean, uh, not change, uh, your domain, uh, from getredditors.com to getredditors.ai. <laughs> exactly. Or, or say that we're AI powered or things like that. Like we'll wait until the, the perfect time where, uh, we can actually use it and, and make yeah good use of it. And, and also not throw in the other buzzwords like blockchain while we're at it. Exactly. Exactly. 
Uh, next question are, what are some of the lessons uh, you've learned in growing your B2B SaaS that you think affiliates can learn that focus on B2C? And what would some of those key takeaways be? Yeah, I think, I mean, the biggest lesson, um, like I made some pitch decks, of course, and looked into affiliate marketing uh, as a whole when, when we got started. And, and I think when you compare B2C to B2B, like B2C is um, a lot more mature, right? I think like uh, what you guys are doing as well, you take things, you look at things a lot more in a mature, mature way where we still, for example, the dashboard is pretty simplistic, I guess. I mean, um, not to downgrade our app, but we look at the, the main metrics a SaaS company cares about, which is like already uh, really good. But I guess like when you look at B2C, the things you can do with everything within affiliate marketing, there's a lot more maturity going on. So I think that's definitely one lesson uh, or one thing we keep looking at B2C side just to learn things from there. And with that said, like also the potential, right? Um, a lot of money is being earned on both sides on uh the B2C side where I think B2B can still leverage it a, a lot more and a lot better, basically. Maybe uh, like an open kind of. As an affiliate marketer, you'll want to celebrate your first sale, learn about a drop in clicks and revenue, discover new brands, be notified when programs close, see an increase in earnings per click, identify underperforming campaigns. Your affiliate programs won't tell you when these things happen, but we will. Whether good things are happening to your business or bad, we are here for you and we've got your back. Statsdrone is the number one affiliate CRM tool that helps you get your data, manage your biz with CRM tools, and analyze data with business intelligence. Visit statsdrone.com or find the link in the show notes. Discussion. It's, we both have our own podcasts and I'm sure you know this very well that in the B2B space, uh, B2B buyers, they go through maybe a different journey, or I've read that they have to go through so many more touch points before they trust us. So we're building our podcast to build trust so we can get our customers on board. And do you think, uh, would you recommend that, um, this is something the B2C space could use and leverage? I mean, you must see people that do B2C that have a podcast. That's actually part of their main marketing traffic strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean. When you look at podcasts, like we are now getting good traffic uh, on our podcast, for example, like I think we, we just surpassed 10,000 plays almost like two weeks ago, where I think we're surpassing like 11,000 plays maybe in, in, in another two weeks. So we're growing it really nicely. So that, 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 that um, um, what do you say, like the brand authority indeed, like is increasing just because we have high value guests and we talk about like top, but that also means is if we recommend something people are more likely to probably check it out and, and try it out. So I would definitely um, say it can help uh, people to yeah, convert clients into um, or convert into clients by using affiliate marketing. I'm taking notes here. I think I should have <laughs> you on as a guest every four weeks so I can do this just for my own needs. It's uh, <laughs> pretty selfish, but yeah. it's, uh, no, it's the irony. It's, uh, you know, we're trying to focus on uh, what people have to do on the B2C side. But at the same time, um, I saw someone, uh, I think it's Dustin Howes. Uh, he mentioned that this whole B2B affiliation space is really untapped. And I'm, I'm talking to probably one of the best guests that knows this in both building uh, like uh, Redditus as well as actually having your own uh, website that promotes SaaS tools. And I just think this is an untapped niche. And 
my experience personally is every time I've done B2B, it's been low competition. And do you think this will be low competition for the next couple of years? Or what's your take on the growth of this? Uh, I'm going to call it niche, even though it's really big right now. Yeah. No, yeah, it is kind of a niche, right? Because I think like, uh, people don't know indeed the free market when you B2B SaaS again. So um, there's definitely a lot of potential because like, um, depending, of course, what a SaaS company allows you to do as an affiliate, um, there are some companies, for example, and we're adding that um, data attribute now in, 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 in our system where we're going to show the affiliates if you can run paid ads because uh, some affiliates run paid ads, right? Um, almost no SaaS companies uh, will allow you to do it on the brand name. Uh, we have one client, for example, who does, and they just uh, reach 1 million ARR generated via affiliates just because they allow you to do it. Um, and their philosophy there is that we don't have to hire a digital marketer. We know our customer acquisition costs because we know we give away X percent for X amount of months. So it's an easy calculation for them and they don't have to invest money upfront. Um, but for example, if, if SaaS companies don't allow that, bidding on brand name, which is, I think, makes common sense because uh, otherwise you're stealing traffic, organic traffic away. Uh, but if you allow it on, on keywords, you could actually, as an affiliate, you could also calculate, okay, well, how much money can I burn, I guess, to start generating um, traffic towards a SaaS company? What is their average revenue per account? How much commission do I get? And for how long do I get it? Of course, like I would probably do it for more established brands than um, the, the, the more, I guess, like um, early, early stage companies, because they probably still have to work out their conversion rates. But uh, it's an easy calculation you can make as an affiliate. And like the beauty with B2B SaaS, it's recurring. It's higher ticket priced. So in the end, the amount of commission you can earn is going to be a lot higher. Great. And uh, the next question, which I kind of have a good idea because, I mean, I've been talking to you about uh, switching from our in-house affiliate software to uh, using Redditus. Um, how easy is it to set up an affiliate program with, with Redditus, like using your software? And what, what do the tracking tools look like? Yeah. Uh, there's three steps. Uh, it can be done in two and a half minutes. That's the record at wow. the moment. <laughs> it was a developer, so that's uh, I, I have to give him that. Uh, but basically, it's it's pretty simple. Like we need to have a tracking script on the site, so um, that allows us to place a cookie when somebody clicks an affiliate link. We need to have one line of code in the sign-up form, which allows us to capture the email whenever somebody signs up, and then we want to connect with uh, a payment processor. And we have like native integrations with Stripe and and Paddle, which are the most common ones used. Um, if that's not the case, then we have an API and then it will take a bit longer. But by having these three things, uh, we would already be able to track the entire funnel, basically. Interesting. Um, now I'm going to use one of your own interview questions uh, flipped around towards you, which is based on your experience in working with uh, SaaS affiliates in your network, what would you say the tools and skills are needed to make 10K monthly recurring revenue as an affiliate? As an affiliate, yeah, that's... That's a good question. Like I think um, as an affiliate as well, like if you have already an existing network, it's going to be a lot easier because in the end, what you're going to do, right, is you're going to sell uh, a software towards uh, your network. Like that's kind of what, what is being expected. Um, so like build an audience and rather sooner than later. So like the same we're doing with this podcast, it's a great way to start building an audience. Like I've seen, 
other podcast people uh, add a newsletter to it. So it allows you to also start promoting, for example, tools which are related uh, towards the podcast you've been doing with a different guest. So I think like building your own audience, building your own um, yeah, owned audience, that's, that's definitely one. Um, if you don't have that, like a quick way, I guess, would be to run paid ads, but make sure you check the terms and conditions of that SaaS companies if they actually allow it, because otherwise you're spending money and then in the end, the uh, commissions are being rejected. So uh, definitely make sure you check things before you, you start doing that. Um, and yeah, what else? I, I think like having your own distribution channels, that's key. Like for example, with the Salesforce marketing website, it took me like a really long time to get to that 25,000 organic visitors per month. But once you get there, it's a nice position, right? You have um, money coming in from the ads you're running, for example, on the site, plus you have affiliate marketing income. Uh, so it allows you to keep scaling the, um, the efforts you're doing to grow the traffic again. So it's going to be, the beginning is going to be hard, like especially, I mean, it's it's a similar to SaaS company going from zero to 1K MR. That's, I think, the most uh, difficult period. And like, don't give up, like keep trying things and, and see what's working and then uh, start iterating and, and building on that. And going back to the site you built for, you know, listing uh, different SaaS companies and being a SaaS affiliate, uh, if you had to do that playbook all over again, would there be something you do differently? Like, would you include a podcast in that and... You know, what, what are the little uh, shortcuts you would do in having to rebuild that roadmap? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how I did it, I think, which is a good way to do it is to do it when you're still working full time or at least have a different source of income. Um, so like I, I first built a website, I think, in Webflow. And then in the end, I, I turned it to, to WordPress just because there's so much more optima optimizations you can do. Plus, you can outsource a lot of things. So I was really good in outsourcing a lot of things. So um, I had my stable income. So I was able to put some money into place to actually have people do things for me. So to build a website, to write blogs, um, to add content, uh, to kind of just, I guess, like, make it as easy as possible for yourself so you can think of new ways to to do things um what i would change add a newsletter like more quicker i guess because it was a really nice way to to build like an audience and to keep them engaged uh, with the site because otherwise they would only find you when they when they're searching for something a podcast could definitely be a good one like um again like the the traction we're now getting on our podcast um uh, it's really nice. Like I, I wish, I guess I did it sooner. And like, as soon as you get into this nice vibe, you can actually leverage other people's network uh, to get, uh, to get visibility to, to the things you're doing basically. So, um, I think that's the other thing, like leveraging other people, uh, or partners or websites, uh, more and more like, um, you see it a lot, right? Where. People have like a certain batch on their site you earn from G2 or TechPon or any other review site, but that's good for both of them because they both get visibility and they both get more traffic. And often there's a backlink behind the button. So um, it's even better for the, for the review site. So I guess there's a lot of things, but like own media, like make sure you own your own uh, channels, distribution channels, make sure you leverage uh, other people's network. It's just gonna kickstart things and um, try to like outsource if you can, uh, when you're working full-time, try to outsource as much as you can, because then 
it allows you to do other things again to grow it quicker. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I would even add going full circle back to the podcast stuff um, that the whole uh, take on it is that when you do these podcasts, it's uh, you you develop a connection a lot stronger. I mean, we've been chatting for quite some time and I joined your podcast. So it gives us the opportunity to say, hey, when do I have an opportunity to send a lead your way? And uh, we know that kind of goes uh, both ways. And I think by having uh, our own podcast, that gave us the chance to to build our own network. And I think that's probably the more powerful takeaway where in affiliate marketing, you usually have to go to conferences to start building your network, but that's not always easy to do. Whereas with the podcast, if you're doing it weekly, it's uh, you're forcing yourself to get that weekly connection. And I don't know what your experience has been. I'm probably sure it's the same, but for me, it's been uh, beyond valuable. Yeah, likewise. And I think once you get into a good flow and you have like a good uh, level of guest, then it's also easier to keep leveling it, it up basically, right? So, um, and then it's just going to kickstart everything uh, once more. So if you provide them everything that they need to promote at the podcast show, um, the things they've said is just also going to allow you to to leverage, leverage their network more and more. Plus, build that relationship 100%. If you're an hour long on a call uh, talking about the things you love, then it's it's a connection there already. And we're obviously, it goes without saying, you're presenting it as content that sits there and pulls more people in and wins you trust and all, all the other benefits that come with it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's one thing like I wouldn't do differently uh, if I would do it again, like focus on long-term growth channels or focus on like evergreen content or focus on like things which are going to grow over time. That's something I, w I wouldn't do differently. Like definitely focus on the long term and not just the, the quick wins. Uh, going full circle back to the very beginning of where you started off working in customer success. Do you think some of the, your, what you've learned in the past as well as what you have to do today with your SaaS in terms of customer success are things that you could apply to B2C or do you think it's more in the B2B realm? Um, can I apply it to B2C? That's a, a tricky question because like my knowledge, like especially my, my um, things I've been doing are purely B2B. Like I think if I maybe say like well, what I'm focusing always is on the end value. So I guess like we're doing things, right? Like we're helping, for example, setting up an affiliate program for a B2B SaaS, but they don't want an affiliate program. They want revenue. So uh, for example, what we do is we charge them based on the revenue they're getting via the affiliate program. The more revenue, the more they're going to pay us, but that's the value, what, what they signed up for uh, using Redditus. So that's what we're going to charge them based on. So I think if you convert that into B2C, that's always a good practice, right? But it's a bit more trickier because it's, it's not always recurring. It's maybe one-off. Like what is the actual value they're getting out of it? So that's, um, that is going to be more, more trickier for sure. And last question, what do you see as the future of affiliate marketing as it intersects with business intelligence? Yeah, I think what I, what I said before, as in uh, matching affiliates and SaaS based on, on data, like when I look at, I guess, like my niche, right, B2B SaaS, like I think they're both looking uh, to grow their revenue, but sometimes they just have to find each other. So I think like for us, uh, when we look at the data we have, like we're able to, to start matching them at one point uh, based on all the data points and based on all, all the things they provided us. So I think that's definitely one. Um, and like for ourselves as well, like often when you apply to a program, you still have to fill out all these textual things. 
I think that should be gone at one point where you're going to trust data more than actual textual answers. Um, so again, coming back to, to matching them. Because um, if you can trust the data, you can automate a lot of things more. So you can auto accept people if they meet certain criteria, like do they have a domain authority of 30 plus? Do they actually have the traffic they say they have? Do they have uh, the uh, the same um, network you're looking for? So I think that's going to be that's going to be key. And then from there, you can build like partner profiles, SaaS profiles. It's yes, yeah, so much fun in data coming up. Awesome, Yuran, Thank you so much for doing this. How can people get a hold of you? I mean, I, I think I'm still the only one on, on LinkedIn called Joran Huffman. So if you search on that, uh, just connect with me and uh, happy to connect. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes as well as uh, links to your site and a couple of social media profiles. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you for having me, John. Thank you for tuning in to the Affiliate BI Podcast. I'd like to take this time to ask for a small favor to leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast. That helps us expand our reach to rank higher in podcast directories and reach more listeners.